Welcome to the YPO Leadership Development Network's Leader of Leaders podcast series, hosted by Dr. Terrence Kamal. We engage in open discussions with our YPO members who share their leadership journeys, experiences, and lessons. We discuss everything from leading startups and family businesses to international multi-million dollar entities. We engage in informed discussions that include the successes, failures, struggles, and trade-offs in their journey. Hi, this is Terence Komal of the Leadership Development Network. I have the great pleasure of my great peer and friend and the now uh, past regional chair of the MENA region, Kutub Dadabai. Kutub, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Terence, and it's a pleasure to be here with you, all of you guys and sharing my journey. It's, it's, to me, it's been such a fascination of trying to find your time, which, which is much appreciated for, for our members and non-members who will be listening in and are watching this. But I wanted to understand your journey. I know we've spent brief times in Singapore and a bit of time in Cape Town and those kind of things. But as much as I and the rest of members want to know, tell me where this journey started. Where did your leadership start as an individual? And then we can take it through a business discussion in YPO a little later on. I mean, to be honest, I think my leadership journey started the day I was born in a family business, right? Uh, my grandfather came to Bahrain uh, from India as an illiterate man selling samosas on the street. Uh, my father and my uncles all started at the age of seven and nine years old, never went to school. So when we were born, we were born in a very humble environment, okay? So, you know, we were 13 people living in a three-bedroom apartment uh, until 1979, 1980. So I remember the whole thing. And, you know, from a very early age, when we were 10 or 11 years old, we were asked to go to our shops to work over there. So, you know, so work ethics came at a very early age for us in our family business. Uh, and of course, over a period of time, you know, our family business expanded and expanded and expanded. And I mean, I mean, the good thing is that when, by the time we came back from college, you know, we were ready to in, incorporate it and take responsibilities because we already had a good 10 year working experience on and off with our family. You know, so we had gone see them, uh, gone through the, the, the poverty line, I guess, to, uh, to a well-off, well-run family business organization. So I think, I think it was really inbuilt as far as I was concerned. Um, there was no question about doing anything else in life because from the beginning, it was all about that you're going to be in a family business. Uh, you know, and we never thought otherwise. We, I mean, there was no career option for us except for our own business. So I think that's, that's um, I guess that's the challenge by itself because there's a pressure of growing the business, which thankfully we did. But at the same time, it was, it was a privilege to be part of this whole environment of hardworking uh, uncles and fathers and grandfathers. Tell me what, what were some of the unique experiences of growing up from extremely humble beginnings to where you're right now? How do you, how, how does that stimulate where you are as a person and as a professional? I think you're always thankful uh, to what you have. Uh, you know, I think that's extremely important to also know that you always remember where you come from. You never forget that ever, ever. So we always remember that our grandfather came as a cook to Bahrain. Uh, my father started working at the age of seven years old. He's never been to school in his life. Uh, but even though he taught, uh, he, he's a literate person. Uh, so, you know, you never forget this beginning. So I think that that grounds you a lot. And that's actually, that's extremely important. Even my YPO journey, uh, when I became a regional chair or when I was a regional board member, I think being grounded is the most important thing in life if you want to grow. Sure. Tell me, tell me about the business. What does it do? What does it involve? And what are your core leadership functions? 
So, I mean, our, our bread and butter comes from real estate development in the hospitality sector. Um, we have been doing this for the last 30 years, even though we have our own construction division, we have an education unit, um, we have a mall management, you know, we, we, we do a, we are diversified into different things, but our really our core is being in the real estate development in the hospitality sector. So we basically build hotels and lease them out. Uh, that's what we have been doing as a family business for, for almost 30 years, you know. Uh, so partially we run, uh, partially we lease them out. So it's a combination of different family members doing different things. Sure. How does the culture of, of being in, in, in the MENO, the Middle East region, differ from doing business elsewhere as, 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 as a family? Obviously, you have a strong India-Asian dynasty or legacy that you've grown from. But how does that influence your business in any way? I think Bahrain is a very unique place, to be really honest. Uh, I think it's probably one of the few places in the MENA region where you actually are part of the, the fabric over here. And I think that's why I appreciated this. I mean, we, I was born in Bahrain, I was raised in Bahrain, I was a Bahraini, was in a government school my whole life. I only have Bahraini friends for that matter. Um, and so these, of course, you know, so from that perspective, it was not that difficult uh, growing up over here, to be really honest, you know. And I think, I think uh, from a, I think the most important thing in every country is the nature of the population. And I think our people in Bahrain are extremely hospitable. And I've experienced this since the day I was born. Sure, sure. Tell me about in your leadership journey, you mentioned, you know, through, through starting to work early, uh, earlier on than your colleges and your experience. What were some of the challenges that, that still remind you of where you are or guide where you are in, in that leadership journey process? You know, one thing we're very proud about, honestly, which I started 20 years ago, you know, we, I mean, bread and butter is real estate. We have other divisions which make money, but I think one specific division which we created 20 years ago, which was, I think one of the most challenging things ever I've done is to create a hospitality institute for our own hotels and for other people. And I think that was a very difficult because we were getting to vocational training. And I think that's a very challenging because of the culture element of getting into alcohol business, um, the attitude of, uh, of certain, uh, I guess, uh, job seekers towards this industry and what have you. So I think there was a lot of challenges which we had to overcome. Uh, but thankfully, over the period of the last 20 years, we've trained 12,000 people, 100% employed, and 99% outside our own hotels, which we're very proud about. So I think it's, it's, it's a great satisfaction that you're doing something from a CSR perspective, not just by putting money, but to actually do something which will create jobs for people directly, not indirectly. So I think that that's something. So that I think that division was extremely challenging for us to get it up and running. Fantastic, but I mean, twelve thousand people is no small number uh, in that. And in Bahrain, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a challenging. Indeed, but it was rewarding at the same time. Indeed, and I think a lot of that plugs into the bigger picture of what you do as a professional for long-term legacy and impact. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think you have to you have to give back something to your country. I mean, uh, we're business people, we make so much money, you know, we, we develop businesses, build businesses in our country. This is a small thing to give back. Sure. As a business professional, what are your concerns at the moment? There's massive shifts in dynamicisms in the local and macro economies, you know, international influence. Are there any concerns that, that impact you as a leader at the moment? You know, we live in an area which has always been somewhat problematic over the last 40 years. So nothing concerns us anymore. We've gone through wars, we've gone through 
uh, political upheavals every now and then. We've gone through some uprising here and there. You know, it, it's a cycle of seven, eight years, affects for one, two years, goes back to normal thing. Of course, nobody wants a war. Uh, nobody wants any of that. So especially in our area, I think things have not got any better over the last, I think, 10 years, I would say. Since 2011, Arab Spring, things have not got any better. But at the same time, you know, we, we're quite, Bahrain is quite resilient in all these things. So even if there's a, there's a downturn, which there is right now, I think we're always optimistic that over the next one or two years, things will start coming back again. I think leadership has a big role in this. And I've seen that most of the time in our region, especially in the Gulf countries and definitely Bahrain and Dubai and Saudi now, uh, that they have a fantastic leadership uh, where they do want to diversify from their oil economies and they want to create jobs and they want to promote tourism. So I think you can see that shift in here from the government. I mean, if the government was not acting on that level, you would have been a little bit worried. But because we've seen time and again over the last three years, a very active role of the government in trying to shift gear. I think that's given us a lot of confidence. Sure. What is, what is your current personal ambition, given the current landscape, both outside of your business and in your business? What are your ambitions and trajectory in the next few years? I think from a business perspective, uh, I think we want to diversify. Uh, we've been doing hotels for such a long time, uh, you know, and it's been bread and butter, as I said. But I think it's about time we get into something which, which is going to be more regional because our business is very local right now. Uh, you know, and we do, have, we, had, we do have a business in Saudi, but we want to diversify and also expand on that business. So that's, I think that's a challenging thing given the circumstances, but it can be done and we will be doing it. Okay. What are the most significant effects of running a very big family-related business? Uh, what are the positives and negatives in, in, in your view and experience? I think the positive is positive. So, I mean, family business is a, is a, I would say, what is the right word? It's a privilege. Honestly, it's humbling. I mean, I love being in a family business. I love the fact that I work with my father and my brother and what have you, right? I think that the only challenge is that if you don't have a proper constitution, it can be uh, an ATM machine, right? So people can take anything which they want. <laughs> so unless you don't have a system, it can go haywire. And I think the biggest challenge which we face, and we still do it, I, I can't even say we don't do it, is we don't do any feasibility studies in family business. So we, we wake up in the morning, we come up with an idea, and three months later, we start the business, you know? Or, uh, so it's, it's, it's as simple as that. So we don't yeah. go through any proper consultant and things like that. We, it's all about gut feelings. As the younger generation comes, I think that's going to be a bigger issue, a challenge. So we are actually, as we speak, making a family constitution which will guide us in the right direction structurally for the future. You know, because right now it's me and my brother, but in the future we'll have eight kids coming up in the next <laughs> five years. Our teenagers who are in right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If there was anything you could change in this journey, if you could go back and change anything, not that we could, what would you do differently in, in this family business model? Uh, the family business model, I think we would have diversified a lot faster and a lot earlier, I would say. So I think we would have picked up 97, 98 as a, because that was a point where we started expanding our hotel business. But I wish at that time we could have started a company which was more regionally operating rather than local operating. I think that that was the only regret which we would have. Okay. You, you mentioned, sorry, you would. And we would have started in Saudi at that time. Yes. So Saudi is a huge market. Yeah. So, but we, we went to Saudi a bit too late. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. 
of your journey, what would you want your kids to take from this? What lessons would you want them to take from, from the journey you've been through as, as a leader, as a father, as a mentor? I think always be humble, uh, always be thankful. Never forget what your great grandfather came from and what he used to do. I think the kids nowadays, everything is on several factors, so they don't understand what, where they came from. I think that, that background always has to be in their mind that they do come from a very humble background, their forefathers. Sure. I think that's the most important thing. And of course, the work ethic is a work ethic. I mean, you have to earn, uh, you only will get what you earn and what you deserve. You know, you won't be getting anything on silver platter once you start working. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is always the, the challenge with family legacies of saying, where do you draw the line of giving them what they want or what you, we believe exactly. they need versus what they exactly. deserve to, 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 to actually value what they get? Absolutely. In terms of your, your family, how has it been impacted by your journey and your personal growth as a professional? I think it's only been positive. Uh, there's no question about it. And I think I have to say that, you know, my, my, my leadership journey with YPO has been exceptionally beneficial to my personal journey in a family business. Exceptionally. Uh, how I did things in YPO and what type of uh, communication I had with my Rex members, with my chapter chairs, I think it's, it directly affected me positively in my own business journey, directly. Sure. Are you able to give me one or two concrete examples of where the impact of YPO has helped you and your family in terms of your growth? So I think de dealing with people, understanding the people. So for example, our, our executive committee are 18 people and they're all YPOs, they're not our employees, right? So you always know that there'll be seven, eight stars, four or five people who will be putting 50% and a couple of guys might not do anything. You know, so you, you know this, but the, the way you communicate to all of them is on an equal level and try to motivate them from a, from a very different angle. I mean, I think that was the most challenging thing for me because politically I had to get it right because YPOs are all about peers to peers. I mean, nobody's yeah. below you or above you. I, I can be a regional chair, but you know, um, my fellow 18 guys are in a similar position as I am. Okay. It's just a title which I had, uh, which made me a little bit on a different level. But other than that, uh, it, it's all in the same uh, positions. So I think that that was for me was the most challenging part of my journey of dealing with the different type of people and situation. And that probably has directly affected me of how I even deal with my own father or brother now. Wow. Literally speaking. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. What advice would you give Kutub to somebody starting out new in their leadership journey? And that doesn't necessarily mean somebody younger. It could be somebody changing careers. It could be changing perspective or what they're doing. What would be your advice for them starting out in the leadership journey? I would say keep focused and keep it simple. That's it. Okay. Awesome. Don't try to complicate things. All right. Just keep focused, work hard and you'll get there. You know, that's, that's the only thing I would advise. Fantastic. You know, sometimes people try to do too many things. They get complicated and give, give your people responsibility with authority, not just responsibility. The people you employ. Fantastic. With, now that you mentioned people that you employ, and we've had great discussions with some of our peers, and it's an ongoing engagement of some people say, how do we manage millennials? Because there's a perspective of they very short-term goal, they have slightly different views from the baby boomers and others. What has been your experience thus far? Well, I tell you what, one of my friends called Nidesh Shwet from uh, Dubai, he said something to me a year ago, which I'll never forget. And we were talking about mentorship in YPO. And he literally said that today our mentor should be the millennials, not the older generation. 
Okay, because these are the people who will drive the businesses over the next 40 years. These are the people who will make us understand what technology is all about. And these should be the people which should be mentoring our businesses going forward. Wow. So that's the only thing I can say. I mean, these guys should be well respected, should be brought into the business a lot earlier, okay, and should be listened to. That's the most important thing. I mean, they are in our time of uh, taking steps from our generation and making uh, us work hard and going here and going there are gone. I mean, these guys are the ones who should be uh, well looked after. Fantastic. Uh, in, in your businesses, uh, do they play an active role and are their perspectives part of the, the business planning? Uh, our family constitution is completely dependent on the younger generation, completely, of how we're going to give them opportunities to start their own businesses with the capital, okay, which we had never seen for the first 10 years when we, got, when we graduated. Uh, so, you know, these guys have a lot of ideas. As, I mean, e-commerce could be done anywhere, for example. So we are going to, our whole constitution is based on our younger generation who are coming in the next five years here. And there are eight of them. Okay. Fantastic. Tell me in terms of the YPO 3.0 strategy of business for impact. That means creating for value for non-shareholding stakeholders. What do you do in your business space in, in terms of impact investing, growth and, and sustainability? So I think I already discussed this about our hospitality college uh, where we train uh, people who are actually job seekers. We don't train people who are just 18 years from private schools. We actually get a list from the Ministry of Labor of all the unemployed people. Okay. We uh -huh. interview maybe a couple of hundred people for 50 positions. Okay. We enroll them. We give them transportation. We give them a dividend. We give them, I mean, I'm sorry, allowance. We, we, we give them the whole nine years. They don't pay for anything. The government subsidizes the whole cost. And, and the, if you talk about the 12,000 people which are totally unemployed and we give them jobs over the last 20 years. I think that itself is a huge impact, which we as a small organization have created in our own sector in Bahrain. So uh, this is this is our CSR commitment uh, over here. That's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I think the more people do that, the more you start to realize you could, although the value is given to somebody outside your business, it could directly augment what you do anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've seen kids in Bahrain duty free and Gulf hotels and Ritz Carlton and Four Seasons and they all have our kids working full time, thanking us, thank you for giving us the opportunity. I mean, that, that, there's no better feeling, uh, no dividends or no profit can replace the feeling of a young unemployed guy getting a job, a career and getting married. Uh, I think that's, that's something which is irreplaceable for me. Indeed. Fantastic. Tell me what would be your final message to, to the rest of our YPOs and non-YPOs from your leadership journey? Uh, again, uh, be humble. Be humble all the time. Be grounded. Be thankful. And stay focused. That's it. Fantastic. Could you, thank you so much for making the time and joining us. And I look forward to, to our future chats on, 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 on future podcasts and discussions. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for joining us. In the next show, we share more insights and discussions with members in the YPO Leadership Development Network's Leader of Leaders podcast series.